Welcome to the Collective Leadership Podcast. In this episode, we're featuring our closing session of the Metro District Conference, In the Spirit. Reverend Calvin Walker delivers a message on the immeasurably more we have with the life in the Spirit. Sometimes God gives you what you think is something for just one group or one person, and you don't realize that in it he's saying, uh, can you see that this is also for you? And so uh, this past, two weeks ago, was at a friend's church. Uh, I mentioned it already. He, uh, they, they planted eight years ago. They uh, just got a building in, in Manhattan, and God gave me a word for that day, and I thought, this is for that day. And as I'm thinking through what to speak on today, uh, the Lord brought that word back to mind. And he's like, oh, you just saw this. <laughs> but there was more to it. And so I believe in that same word, God has something for us as I process through what he's been saying throughout this week. And so for just a few moments, I want to talk about commuting, purview, and dreaming bigger dreams. Commuting purview and dreaming bigger dreams. I just wanted a shorter commute. I couldn't imagine everything that would be included in it or the provision that I already had for it. You see, for the first few months of this position, my wife and I had made the decision that we were just going to stay in Westchester where we were. An hour and 20-minute commute one way every day finally started to wear on me. The person who loves to drive (laughs) started to get old. And I just wanted to be in a place where we would have a shorter commute. So we started looking. Little did I know that in that, the Lord was also going to open the door for me to be back in a place that I love, and that is the urban setting. He opened up a door for us to be in the Bronx. So now we now have a Bronx address. (laughs) But what I didn't see was all that came with moving to the Bronx. 1,500 square foot, two-bedroom, two-bath, two-and-a-half-bath townhouse with a full basement in Westchester going to a 1,000 square feet in the Bronx. How are we going to do this? Where are we going to have space for our family when they came home? And, of course, in my mind, going to the Bronx meant more expenses because it's more expensive to live in one of the boroughs. That was my thought. And so we decided we were going to look and we were going to see. And I had already prepared myself for smaller and less and more expensive. God connected us with a real estate agent who was a believer. And in all the places that we began to look, He said, I've come across a place that I believe this is what God has for you. 
this is the place that I believe God has for me. And again, my thought of what we were going to get was so much less. And here we walk into this 1,000-square-foot apartment. It was brand new. We had just remodeled it. It had hard surface counters. I don't know about you, but I like hard surface counters. Not two, but three bedrooms. Not one, but two bathrooms. And it has an island in the kitchen in this open space. Can you picture it with me? Can you see it? And in my mind, when you move into one of the boroughs, parking is going to be an issue. But this had a parking space for two cars. We were the first ones in this multi-family house of three apartments that had just been redone to see this apartment. And I said to the real estate agent for the landlord, um, you know, is there parking? And she said, no. I said, well, what about the driveway? And she said, well, you can talk to the landlord. By the way, he's going to be here later on. Why don't you go away and come back and, and see him? That wasn't supposed to happen. But we got to talk to the landlord. And he made a deal that gave us exclusive rights to the parking spaces. There was no problem with parking. Brand new. Didn't realize that's what my wife was praying for. <laughs> Thousand square feet, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, parking, and get this, what we pay in rent in the Bronx is $100 cheaper than what we paid in rent in Westchester. See, what I had to see there is that even with the little that I had trusted God to do, he had doubled and even tripled that which was in my purview. I can't outdream God's ability. I need to dream bigger. Oh, one last thing here. There were things in the lease that I had never seen in a lease before that had given me some concern, had given me a lot of concern. And so I decided I was going to take a friend with me who knew about leases to the lease signing. And this, this friend and his wife came with us. And as we sat at the table, I was armed. I was ready. And if I was going to say something and I wasn't sure, I had my friend there who could pull out the lease and say, no, 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 watch about this. Can you believe this? The landlord himself came in and looked at the, uh, the agent that was working for him and said, I have never seen a lease like this. There's never been any of the places that I have rented that had this kind of stuff 
in the lease. I will not let them sign a lease that has this in it. And he had his pen crossing out things that he didn't agree with. See, what was in my purview would have only gotten me this. Oh, but God had so much more, more than I could have ever dreamed, more than I could ever have imagined. Who would have had a landlord advocating for them? You don't hear that. And every month that I send him the rent through Zelle, I say to him, here's the rent payment. Thank you for allowing us to live in your place. God bless you. And he sends back a text. Mr. Walker, it is such a joy to have you and your family in this apartment. Thank you for taking care of my apartment. And I don't know if he's a believer or not, but he says, God bless you. <laughs> and so I'm looking at it as an open door. Because only in my purview, I just wanted a shorter commute. But God had so much more. They had just come to faith in Christ. <laughs> they had no idea what they had in Christ. And so Paul wanted to lay out for them all that was theirs in Christ. We look at the book of Ephesus as divided in two places, a book about the doctrine and then about the doing. But I'd like to submit to you today that what Paul was doing in the first three chapters of Ephesus was more than just laying out doctrine. He was building faith. He was opening their eyes. He was helping them see the more that they had. And he started out by saying to them, I want you to know that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. I want you to know that this faith that you've come into comes with a grace that you haven't earned. It comes with a grace that you don't deserve. It comes with a grace that you can't do anything to get, but it's a grace that's been laid out for you, and it's a grace that helps you understand just what kind of poem you are to God. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We are his poem. This is the gift that God has given you. I want you to understand about this grace that you've walked into and this faith that you now have and this love that you now received. It is so powerful that it has torn down the dividing wall that has kept us separated from God. And now we have access to him. But it's not only torn down the dividing wall between us and him. It has torn down the dividing wall between us and us. So now, where there was no access to one another, the door has been opened for us to be in relationship with one another because the veil has been torn. And I want you to know that there is now, because there is nothing separating you with God, there should be nothing separating you from one another. Because all of you who were far off have now been brought near. This is 
what you have. And what you have is so big and so great and so real. This is why I pray the way that I pray because I want you to always understand. And then he says this, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, dynamite, explosion, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You have been made alive in Christ. You have a grace that you haven't earned. The veil has been torn. Your relationship with God is like this. Your relationship with one another should be like this. And it's rooted and grounded in a love that is high and long and wide and deep. You didn't just come to faith. You got more than you should have ever gotten. And you have more than you can ever imagine. And this is the backdrop to when Paul says now unto him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power, his dynamite, the same word that's used when Jesus says to the disciples, you shall receive power, dynamite. That same dynamite that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you unto him who is able Grew up with King James. Sometimes I got to go back to it. Unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think, according to his power that worketh within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is not just a simple benediction that we give at the end of a service. This was not meant to be just a simple benediction that Paul was putting at the end of one portion of a letter before he transitioned into the next portion of a letter. This word was a faith builder. There is more than your purview can see. There's more than you can imagine it. To be. He was saying to the church at Ephesus, your purview is so much smaller than God's abilities and dreams for what he can do and will accomplish through you. And guess what? He has already provided what you need to accomplish his dreams through you. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. So how does this relate to us? How does this connect to the Metro District? Friends, we just wanted to get an understanding of ministry and life in the Spirit. <laughs> but we've learned that we haven't begun to imagine what God wants to do through us by the Spirit. 
We think that because we have a clear vision and mission and values laid out that we have a direction and we are on the move and this is what we can accomplish. A hundred churches and a hundred workers and making sure that we are leaning into and caring for each of our official workers. And that all is there, but God's saying, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. (laughs) Oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. I came across this, this, uh, this statement from uh, uh, N.T. Wright in one of his commentaries. He said, think of what God might do in you and through you, you as a community, you as an individual. Now reflect on the fact that God is perfectly capable of doubling that and trebling or tripling and multiplying that, going so far beyond it that you would look back at the present moment and wonder how you could have been so short-sighted. I reflect on last night and the move of God that took place here in this room. And my mind went back to stories that I heard when I was at Mahaffey Camp this summer of people who were around in the days of A.W. Tozer when he preached at general council and they said a holy hush came across the room in such a fashion that nobody wanted to leave. And I think about last night. And as we stood on this platform and we looked at what was going on, and my thought was, how do we end this? (laughs) And the Lord said, you don't. Because I've just begun. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. And then I heard the statement from someone who was praying. I'm pointing over here because he was right here. And he was praying and he said, God, may it be that when we look back in history and we see all that you have done, we look back at what, what happened and you started it here October 2019 and may we be able to say we were there. We were there. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. To him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think, according to his dynamite that is at work within us. Whether you felt it with such a bang or whether you got it with just a piece, God let off his dynamite in this place in these past couple of days. And now it's time for us to dream bigger, to look beyond, to know what we have been given, to be amazed at the depth and the height and the breadth and the love of the power of the Spirit that has been poured out on us, and then go back and say, what would it look like for this to go beyond here? and into the churches that we minister. What would it look like for this to go beyond Seaview and into the communities that God has given us charge over? What would it look like 20 years from now at district conference when we hear the stories 
of how the district has grown and expanded and the kingdom has advanced in this region. And to hear people say, I was there. I was there. Oh, friends, may it be said of the Metro District 20 years from now, we look at back and say, God, we were short-sighted. We didn't have the capacity to imagine the more that you wanted to do. But we have the opportunity, even if we're short-sighted when we look back, we have the opportunity to press into the more now. And so the invitation that was given last night is not just for an evening. The invitation that was given last night and the invitation you responded to and the things we shook off and that which we received <laughs> was an invitation to step into the season because it is a new season. It is a new day. As Israel Houghton would have said, it's a new season, it's a new day, a fresh anointing is flowing our way, it's a season of power and authority, it's a new season, it's coming You'll see. It's a new season, friends. Eye hasn't seen. Ear hasn't heard. But we get to step into it. We get to step into it. And we get to step into it in a unified way. <laughs> we get to step into it in a way that says we have broken off the autonomous spirit in the metropolitan district and we move forward in a spirit of unity. This is the unity. This is the spirit. This is the kind of forward movement that Paul was calling the church at Corinth to when he corrected them on their disunity and then reminded them of what they had because of the work of Christ. That's what was behind what he was saying when he said these words, for I've received from the Lord that which also I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. And then after the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you remember Christ's death until he comes. May I encourage you that every time we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we remember the new season of life that Christ ushered us into when he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into this kingdom where we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. May I also say to you, every time we eat this bread and we drink this cup, it is a reminder that we are one 
in Christ. One in love, one in heart, one in purpose, one in unity. Let I say, may I also say to you, every time we eat this bread and we drink this cup, it's a reminder for us that we move forward as one unified force pushing back the darkness and seeing the light and the love of the Lord come to our region.